welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. All right, we're going to come around the word. I'd love you to confess out loud. Today, my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. I am a promise, a possibility in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated? Didn't see that coming, did you? So good. Well, the title of my message today is I Am a Promise, a Possibility. Back in 1975, Gloria and Bill Gaither wrote a song, and I used to sing this as a kid. Now, if you have problems with City Point songs, hold on for a moment. This is what I used to sing when I was a kid. Okay, the chorus is, I am a promise, I am a possibility, I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. (laughs) You had to space out that word to get the melody. I am a learning to hear God's voice. I am a trying to make the right choices. I am a promise to be anything God wants me to be. Isn't that a good song? Didn't I grow up in a great era in church? And uh, that was still singing. I at least had six years. I was, I was born in 1980. Well, more than six years. I probably had 12, 13, 14 years in the church. That song was famous. Man, you should see some of the other songs. Um, what's that wall song we used to sing? Running up wall. I was always thinking about cockroaches while we were singing praises to God. A running up the wall, victory. Yeah, anyway. Good old times. You're missing out. But God's coming in revival, so you're not missing out. It's the songs, though. But anyway, did you know that there are about 8,810, approximately, promises in the Bible? And the good news is is that all these promises are for us. And uh, in fact, the Bible says in 2 Peter 1, verse 4, it says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers in the divine nature of God, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Don't we know that? And um, I think I, you know, I've been uh, studying up a little bit about what's happening in the world today. And man, like in the last week, oh, geez, I've gone through a lot of emotions. I was really angry for a day. Um, I was... Uh, self-righteously something for a day. I don't know what that was, but it's. I just wanted to go out and smash everything. Um, like everyone that didn't believe in Jesus, you know, that's just how I felt for a day. Um, not the people, but the enemy, you know, like he's deceiving us, uh, deceiving this world. And, and then I just wanted to pray for everyone, walk out the streets and just be that guy. <laughs> praying and laying hands on everyone. And, and then I just went through these, this moment of casting out demons and, and just going nuts in that realm. And, and you know, as, as I just look at the world today, I, I'm blown away by the de- level of deception. Like we literally are taking righteous things or unrighteous things, sorry, and saying that they're righteous. And we're believing this, not you and I, like just people in general are believing this rubbish. And, um, you know, like sin has become morally okay. Like when, how on earth, like, you know, just, it's just, there's some real disgusting stuff out there. But then I look on the other side of the coin and I'm seeing universities all around the world and different countries in revival and and God is moving uh, just by doing nothing. He's just moving. Like, 
like I don't even think he's lifting his little finger, but people everywhere are just worshipping and crying and uh, just like a, a broken mess before God, not broken as in we suck, but Bruce is broken as in God, you are so awesome and holy and righteous and worthy and I just have to come into your presence but I also understand my lack of worthiness but I, I can't not, you know, people are just coming before God in this state of mind. It's happening all over the world. And um, I encourage you to, to maybe start Googling, you know, the moves of God around the world and let some faith start to rise because we literally are standing on that line in the sand of revival and God about to, to come back. And I was talking to my brother here this morning and, and we said, you know, it's all your fault really um, that everything's happening the way it is. And because uh, you are the ones that are praying for Jesus to come back. And so, of course, when Jesus is, you know, getting ready to come back, the enemy's up in the ante and, you know, light and, and dark has lost the shade. It's a cleaner cut. Uh, righteousness and uh, sin is clearer than ever before. Sure, deception is rampant. Um, but it's just the light shines brighter, hey? And um, every word that you say to people has more power than what it's ever had um, because the, the, the words that you say, the life that you share with people, the love of God that you share with people is so polar opposite to what the world is experiencing that the gospel is just full of power and authority. And uh, let me tell you, none of this is my nose, I'm just making all this up right now, but let me tell you, if you've ever had dreams or a passion or a, a yearning inside of you, even if you were young when it happened, and to see God move and, and to be that sort of person that could speak life into someone and see their life change and to pray for people and see them healed and, and to speak to someone and see them fall in love with Jesus and just transform their lives in a moment. If that's ever been you, now's the time to stand up. Now's the time to rise up. And uh, maybe it's been years for you. Maybe you've walked away from Jesus and you find yourself here today or listening to this. You know, now's the time to, to stand up. And uh, I think the times are shifting. Like in the Bible, you know, in the Bible, how there'll be a thousand years or 700 years and no one's heard the voice of God or there's been no signs and wonders. And I think sometimes it feels like that even in our lifetime. And you know, I even found myself this morning getting ready for church, just having a whinge and just saying to God, you know, God, like your promises, like where are they? But I think the tide's shifting and I think you're going to start praying for people and you're going to see a healing happen. I think yeah, you're going to start believing for an impossible and it's going to be possible. And uh, so the promises of God are powerful. They're yes and amen. And you're going to start to see the yes and the amen in this era, in your life. And it's going to happen through you. So when we choose to walk in God's promises, we are allowing his divine nature become part of our lives. Isn't that amazing? I want to tell you a story. There's a story in the Bible about um, describes Lazarus a friend who's a friend of Jesus. He was a, a friend of Jesus. And Jesus also knew his uh, sisters, which are Mary and Martha in the Bible. And when their brother Lazarus got very sick, Mary and Martha sent word out to Jesus. They, they found where he was in the district and, and sent word to him. And he was a long way away. And, um, and just to tell Jesus, like your friend Lazarus is, is on the deathbed. He's really really sick. And, and I suppose Mary and Martha were expecting something divine, like maybe a, an anointed handkerchief that, that the messengers could take back and, or, or for Jesus just to do something in the moment. But it never happened. And Jesus actually didn't react quickly at all. And um, <laughs> in, in fact, Jesus took so long that Lazarus was dead for four days before he even got to him. Isn't that, a, isn't that crazy? It's kind of like when we pray for God to do something and four years goes by. 
and, and God hasn't done it yet. And um, we're just seeing the problem, not the possibility. And I want to pick this story up in John uh, 11, verses 38 to 44. This is what it says. It says, Then Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone laid against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that you would believe? He's a promise. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That's an interesting line right there. Then he says this, right? He says, and I know that you always hear me, but because of these people... Who was standing by, I said this, that they might believe that you sent me. Isn't that amazing? Verse 43. Now when he had heard, uh, said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I mentioned last week the power of a short prayer. Who's, who's ever heard that message from Jensen Franklin? Who listens to Jensen? I know the Batistas do. You probably heard it. Yeah, there you go. Alan's hands up. About the short prayer. Here's Jesus doing one of the most spectacular miracles ever. And he says, hey, Lazarus, come forth. That's it. Did you know your face sometimes might feel this big? But that's all you need. The time is coming and is now here where you, not the pastor of the church, not the council, as in a council meeting, not a massive gathering, that as you follow what the word of God says, your little bit of faith is going to see a resurrection miracle. Can you believe that? Can you believe that for your life? Come on. Can you believe that in your world? Not by your words, but by the words that God puts into your mouth. The Bible says not to be worried about what to wear, what to say, what to eat, what to do, because the Spirit of God is with you, and when that time and moment comes, He will show you what to say, what to do. And let me tell you this, you won't have to rememorize a verse of the Bible or a script or, or have the perfect pronunciation. You can be just like me and mix all your words up and slur them out, you know, so no one can understand. But when it's the few words that the Spirit of God gives you, you will see a miraculous miracle by your obedience to follow through. Amen. Don't look at the person next to you and tell them he's talking about you. Think to yourself right now, he's talking about me. And you might be new here today, never given your heart to God or, or I've never been to this church before. I'm still talking about you because this has nothing to do with your perfection. Our perfection is only our belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Jesus is who makes us righteous. In fact, he says in his word that in heaven, he says to the Father that, that these people are my righteousness. The word says that we are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. In other words, you are his crown that he wears. When he looks at what he did on the cross, in that moment where he went to Hades or hell and he stole the keys off the enemy and says, hey, I break your power over humanity for a season in a moment, you might be the, the prince of this world, but ultimately I have power over you and you might be trying to bring people into this dungeon right here, but in the end, I am the one that's going to be locking you up in a dungeon and I'm going to set my people free. 
And Jesus looks at that and then he looks at you and he goes, and it was all for you and for me. You are my crown of righteousness. When you put your faith into me, this is what Jesus said, when you put your faith into me, I will wipe away your sins and I will place on you a crown that says you are a child of the living most high God of all things, the creator of all things. You are righteous here today. You didn't wake up this morning think feeling like that. You probably woke up with yesterday's worries and the, the mess because you sinned this week, if not just this morning on the way here. You had a thought. You've got a feeling. This is all the enemy trying to pull you down on your Sunday of giving God the highest praise. And this is what he tries to do, but he will not deceive this church. He will not deceive the churches around the world anymore. God is calling you to live a life of righteousness today, a life of purity, a life that is holy, a life that says, I will surrender all for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because you may forget, I definitely don't. I don't think you do, but some people out there may. Our God is going to come back again on a white horse, just like the book of Revelation promises us, promises to us. He will come back again. And your 60, 70, 80 years, whatever age you are, hopefully it's in, uh, in when I'm 44 years old. So I've got 12 months left, all right? But hopefully he's going to come back very soon. I believe it with every fibre and I will not be caught with that person without oil in the lampstand, able to see the bride and, and the groom coming together. I will not be caught out. I pray that you would make a decision today. I will not be caught sleeping when the Lord God Almighty comes. I will not be caught faithless. I will not be caught in the book of Genesis still struggling with the very first words that God created the heavens and the earth. I will not allow myself to stay there any longer. I am going to choose today that I am a child of God. Let me tell you something. This world has absolutely nothing to offer you. They want to suck the blood out of your veins. This world wants to take your giftings, your fibres, your thoughts, your processes, your abilities, everything that God has given you, this world wants to take out of you and abuse it and abuse you. But God is the only one that will speak life everlasting, will give you a fresh breath that will lift you up in the morning. He is the only one who has called you with unlimited promises in the Word of God. He is the only one that speaks life into us. He is the only one that empowers us through His Spirit. He is the only one and thing in this world and universe that will forgive us of every sin we've ever committed. He is the only one that holds a moral compass for you and I to live by. But we have to choose to live by it. Don't let this world any longer rob your moral compass out of you. The things of this world are not moral. They are deception and they are rubbish. They will bring humanity to the pit of hell. But God wants to set us all free today. Amen. Amen. Have you ever looked at someone? Oh, I haven't even finished that scripture. <laughs> Verse 43. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to, him, to them, loosen him and let him go. Have you ever looked at somebody and thought they're too far gone? They're dead. See, Jesus sees the same situation. 
but what he sees is a possibility. There are so many people who are outsiders right now to the kingdom of God, who feel like they are dying. Some even feel dead. Others have lost all hope and would consider themselves buried. However, it needs to be known that in God's eyes, they are a promise and a possibility, just as you and I are a promise and a possibility. God can raise anyone from their mess and restore them, take people from the tomb and wash them clean, pull people out of living hell and give them a new life. Lazarus had faith in Jesus and that faith went before him to formulate a resurrection miracle that he didn't even know he would need. With faith, promises become a possibility. Most of God's promises in the Bible require us to partner with God through faith. See, we can't just be those people that just go, oh, look at the promises of God in the Scripture, and then just, God, where's your promises? God, where are they? See, the promises in the Bible require a seed to grow, and that seed is faith. And so what is faith? Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's a substance. Faith is a something. So to exercise faith, we need to do. We need to exercise something. I'm not talking about exorcism. We, we, need, to, we need to do something. We need to give something. We need to proclaim something. We need to, to have an inner confidence of something. There has to be a substance. There has to be a something. And so for you, if you're believing for a loved one, you know, we can pray all day long, but faith needs to attach to that promise. You know, and God promises that your prayers are heard, that they are powerful, that they can even part seas, unbelievable, that they can move mountains. And so, so we have these promises in the Word of God, but we've got to lay something down in faith. The faith might be, you know, if you're believing for a house, you might sow $100, you know, and say, God, that's my seed of faith today. And I mix the faith with your promises that says I will be above and, and not beneath, that says I'll be the lender and not the borrower. You know, like right now I have, I have a faith inside of me, Mel and I, for $3 million. We want to be debt-free in this church. And last week, last week God gave me that faith and I told Pastor Mark, that's, that's a step of faith. That's, that's a linking with because he is the man that could shut me down or raise me up. <laughs> He's my boss, right? And so he is City Point Church. He, he, he's the one that made this location possible for us. And so and to step this out and say, hey, Pastor Mark, I've decided that we are just going to pay this church off and so that we don't have the financial issues anymore. That's my decision. And he's like, I like that. And then I followed through and I said, well, when you think about it, $3 million is nothing. See, because if you have $30 million in your business, $3 million, you wouldn't even know I took it. Not that I'm going to take it. That's for that cult down the road. <laughs> but, but you see, in the grand scheme of things, my Bible has a promise in there that that God ultimately owns everything. The cattle on the hill, like, like all finance is his, like, like just, you know, in, in, in his eyes, just nothing. Now, you might be going, whoa, because I used to once like $3 million, like, imagine, like going on a big holiday, buy a Mustang, maybe a Camaro as well, both in red, so they look good. God wants to do amazing things through us. In fact, he is going to do amazing things through us, through you. Promise 
and a possibility. When we bring faith to the table, we are creating a pocket for promise to become a possibility. See, in the Bible, there are countless moments where people created pockets for possibility that allowed Jesus to bring a miracle. There's an account of a man in the Bible who was born lame. He begged every day at the temple gate. After Jesus had ascended, so this is, is blah, it's not even anything to do with Jesus. But he ascended to heaven. The apostles John and Peter were going to the temple to pray. Where were they going? What to do? Peter's attention was taken by this lame man. And Peter said to him, this massive prayer, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man did. After this moment, this is what the Bible book of Acts 3.11 and verse 16 says. While the man held on to Peter and John, so he was holding on to him, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Peter said, verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. By faith in whose name? See, faith, faith if it's not in Jesus, it's just, it's in yourself, it's in the things of the world. If you want the miracle to happen, the faith is in Jesus' name. You know, at the name of who every knee will bow and tongue will confess? The name of Graham? No, it doesn't feel right. Like, the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. Jesus is the key to unlock the door. At the name of Jesus, you will see the miracles you're believing. See, you feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed in this world right now. You know, I just can't wait for the day. It's coming, and I'm just really excited. But a day is going to come where, where Graham uh, won't have a badge, Pastor Gray. You know, City Point won't be labelled on me. You know, the size of the church or how cool the cafe is or that we now have a kids' build. None of this is going to matter. The air conditioning, none of it's going to matter. But a day is just going to come where little weenie Pastor Gray is going to be walking down the street and I'm just going to feel bold, and I'm just going to, oh, man, you know, in Jesus' name, why don't you stand up, bro? Okay, okay. And he'll hold my coat and get himself up like he did with John, Peter. In Jesus' name, why don't you stop begging? (laughs) Jesus said, why don't you check out the mouth of that fish? Might be a coin in there. But I know the answer to your issues right now. Not only does God want to heal your circumstance, but he wants to heal your soul. And that person right there and there will give their lives to Jesus, transformed forever. No longer a beggar, not the borrower, but he'll become the lender, the giver of the gospel. And so I'm just talking about me right now because I know that this day is coming way more than that. Might even part a sea, see how we go. Have to get my Nikes wet. I don't know, Jesus. It's a big ask. Can I just do the stick thing? <laughs> but what about you? Can you see that in your life? I reckon you can. I reckon you can. And it might start small to let your faith build. But why don't you just believe for that debt of your house? If that's, if that's too big, that's okay. You know, why don't you believe for that job that you know you are the right person for, but just no one in the world can seem to see it. <laughs> but God, I've got the gifts. I need this pay rise. Well, why don't you believe for that beautiful girl to come along that you've always desired, the right one, not just a girl, but one that's going to propel me, or that guy Rather than just looking with your eyes, why don't you hand it to God and speak it with faith? And then before you know it, you just bump into this person. You go, oh, my God, (laughs) 
you're an angel from heaven. But you can see what I'm saying? Maybe you need a car right now. Rather than crying before God because of your situation, and I respect your situation, but why don't you take this opportunity and see a promise happen, become a possibility in your world and say, God, I've been standing on your promises, but I've never mixed faith with that so that you can see the possibility. So right now, I hand this financial situation to you. I need a car. Mine is literally about to die. I need one that's reliable or work in the city, whatever your situation is. But God, right now, I speak four wheels brand new on my driveway. I see it right now. I see it. It's got two nine fives in the back. <laughs> Six-speed auto. V8, Mac 1. Anyway, that's not a need, that's a want. Yeah, we bring our needs before God. He'll give you the wants anyway. So by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. See, the glory of God is about the, the rest of the world seeing. It's not for us in the church to marvel at, although we will. When you do signs and wonders, it's not just for you to feel powerful, because you will. You're going to feel amazing. The enemy's going to knock on your door and throw pride in there. Hey, look at me, I'm so righteous and most holy in the church on Sunday. But the objective of it is always to bring God the glory. And see, we live in days, this is why I'm so excited. And I know that this stuff is literally just, just about to happen in our world. is because we have such a desperate world that no longer even calls out to God. They think that they're all right without God. It's all good. They're gods unto themselves. And so in that, God is going to come and do what no one can do. Part of sea, you know, uh, raise a nation. He's he's gonna do these. He's gonna come on a mountain, and everyone will see his glory and splendor. In other words, he's gonna have you walk up to someone and just go in the name of Jesus, and they will be delivered. He will have you walk up to and people all around to see. Sure, some people will knock you and spit at you and all that sort of stuff. But the ones that are ready to receive, their lives will be transformed forever because of the glory and majesty. Of Jesus Christ. When you and I activate faith, God is drawn to the possibility. You are filled with promise and possibility. Faith creates a pocket that attracts God to move on your behalf and through your life. Let me say that again because we need to get this. Faith creates a pocket, faith without works is dead. So there's a work. So faith in your works creates a pocket that attracts God because faith is the currency of heaven. So it attracts God to move on your behalf. In other words, because you've been praying, but also through your life because you are a child and a king's kid, a child of God. So your faith in action attracts God to work through your life. And I believe that the church hasn't been seeing the power of God through their lives for way too long because our faith has been passive and we've been looking and declaring the promises of the Word of God without, with a passive faith. But we are shifting the times right now where our faith is going to be more active. In other words, City Point North from Monday to Saturday is out witnessing and sharing the gospel. That's why City Point North will grow to multiple services. That's, that's how it happens. It doesn't happen because you've got the right pastors on the platform. That's a small part of it. 
It's great that you hold Mel and I up at a standard of righteousness. You expect us to live at a standard. You're at home drinking your, your cup of tea, slipping with your little finger out, and you're thinking to yourself, Pastor Gray and Mel can never do anything wrong, otherwise they will fall and I will be disappointed in the church. God is calling all of us to a standard. And his standard is the Word of God. And the Word of God gives us the promises, 8,810 of them, or 310 of them. He gives us the promises, but it also calls us to outwork in faith. So the promises and the faith are not separated. The promises, the faith, and the power of God are not separated. God made the heavens and the earth. He can do anything. And it's true that after sin number one, he could have ended it there. He can, but he wants to work in and through us. Why? Because he wants to have a relationship with you. And a relationship with you can't be based on, on passive faith. Because he said in the end times that people will come to him and say, but God, God, here I am, Pastor Gray, Pastor City Point, remember? City Point, North Caboolture, Levin Hensel Road, like how do you not know me? And he goes, well, well, I know that you knew me and you, you cast out demons in my, like you, you were full of pride and going around doing amazing things. But I never knew you. See, you didn't come to me and humble yourself and surrender all. You didn't, you didn't say, God, I, without you, like I'm a, 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 a person destined for hell and, and destined for an eternity. You are the God that created me. My, my body functions, because my heart pumps, because my blood pumps because of you, God. I have veins and feelings and emotions and a mind that works because of you. My lips work and they're beautiful and juicy because of you, Lord God. Like my ears are too big, but that's the way you created me, Lord God. Like, like I'm not perfect, but in you I am perfect. See, God will say, you never came to me like that. You never worshipped and got on your knees and, and saw the divine person that I am. You never humbled yourself in church on Sundays and lifted your hands and, and worshipped unconstrained like, like he will say to you, for Pete's sake, they painted the church black. No one could see you and you still didn't lift your hands like, like the lights were down. It was uncut. I was watching. <laughs> And you still didn't come to me. See, God wants to work in and through you. And so we have these promises and we, we activate them through our faith and they become a possibility. And God looks at that and goes, I see the possibility. See, all anyone in this world has to do, I need a drink of water, taking a break. All anyone in this world needs to do for hope Mm. You want one, don't you? I've got good news for you today. Everyone in this church gets a free coffee after the service. I would like to take the credit, but we have an amazing couple in this church. Let's shout at everyone a coffee today. Be blessed. Anyway, enough about liquids. Uh, and the toilets are finished, so it's all good. Anyway. Uh, so we, we connect these dots. Can you see this connection, this thread through the Word of God? And so you and I can't be passive in our faith. If you have been, it's okay, but it's time to start to make a decision. It's time to just go, you know what? I'm going to be the head of this family. Kids, get up. We're going to church. We're going to worship the King of Kings. He literally made us, and you can only sleep because of His grace. So get out of bed. We're going to church, you know. Mums, you know, put the worship music on at home. Let your kids come home and your husbands come home, you know, or you coming home or whoever's first, you know, quite often I'm home first before Mel. Put the worship music on. Let your family come into the presence of God. Like, let's be active in our faith. If you feel it, pray for it. If you're thinking it and it lines up with, Word of God, it's wholesome, it's got morals attached, 
Do it. Only two people have the power to put a thought in your mind. So if it's righteous, lines up with the word of God, step out in faith and give it a go. I made this pact with God about three, four years ago. I said, if ever I have the thought of someone needing healing or me to pray for them, I'm going to do it because I'm that embarrassed guy. I'm that, I'm not like I look okay on the platform, but off the platform, I, I would rather go to a party and send Mel first. <laughs> we went to the gala the other week, and, and uh, there's Pastor Grace standing behind Pastor Mel. And um, it's my natural zone. But it doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter. If someone needs prayer and God's calling me, well, then I've got to do something. Like, like no way am I going to go to heaven and someone's not there because the opportunity got missed. Oh, God, I was nervous. <laughs> you got no idea. I get red when I get nervous. I blush. I get hot and sweaty. Anyone else like this? Like, I know I'm not the only one. But who cares? If you're called, you're called. Step up to the plate. If you're dealing with things in your life, that is completely okay. If you're dealing with anger here today, you need to know it's okay. Not okay to do it, but it's okay to have the struggle. See, the thing that I always teach my kids with, with addictions and just issues in life, I said, the day you give up is the day you've given over. The key is just to never give up. Never stop waking in the morning and not repent. God, I just spoke with anger to my wife or I hit that wall, or I got in the car in anger, frustration, again, I bring it to you. I repent of my sin. Holy Spirit, would you fill me with your strength to be an overcomer? I thank you, God. I don't feel it now, but I know in you I am an overcomer. I look forward to the day where this is in the past and I forgot I was even like this. And God, I lay this at your feet again. And you just did it 10 minutes ago. But the day you stop is the day you give over. See, the problem that we're seeing in the world today with so many things, and I won't go into them because I don't want you emailing me and putting it on social media that the pastor said this. But the things we're dealing with is because the, the world is giving over. We once were called a Christian nation, but the fight got too hard, and so we've given over. And so we are allowing the enemy to take footholds in our nation and in the nations of the world. But God gave me a message this morning in worship, if you saw me on my phone. I wasn't on Facebook. And I'm going to preach it in a couple of weeks because it's what we need to hear about standing back up and fighting this fight. We cannot be passive anymore, which means you have to join me in this because we are the church, amen? All right, a couple of minutes. The more we walk in the promises God has for us, the more we realize we are walking in God's divine nature. Like with Lazarus, if your faith is in Jesus, you can be sure that God is working to deliver your future. You may feel dead and buried. Time might have, might have gone past and everyone is telling you to just do it in your own strength. You've been praying for so long. The battle of poverty in your house has just been going on now for two, three generations. You know, why don't you just sort it out, man? And so you move into crime or self-depression, things like that. But God is saying, and I'm saying to you today, keep your faith intact. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep the promises found in the Bible before you. God sees the possibility and your miracle is coming. Maybe like the layman, you feel like you've been asking God for your whole life for something. Keep rocking up. Keep your faith knocking on the door. Will the door open to someone who's not knocking? No. So if you're wondering why they're getting the breakthrough and you're not, 
maybe they're still knocking and you've given up. And if you've given up, you've given over. But today I'm calling you, don't give up. Please don't give up. You are worth it. Your life is worth it. Your future is worth it. Your children are worth it. Your marriage is worth it. Your business is worth it. Your church is worth it. Your doctrine is worth it. Your theology is worth it. Don't give up. Keep knocking on the door. Sort it out. Learn, learn the theology. Learn the correct doctrines. Learn the, the way the Bible wants you to live. Learn how to be a great husband or a better wife. You know, learn how to love what you've struggled to learn. Learn how to forgive people. Set yourself free. Forgive someone today. Learn how to do this. Don't give up. Don't believe the words that you've been told for years and years. Don't give up. Keep knocking on the door where, where God says all these promises about you. Keep knocking, saying, God, I'm still struggling to believe them because these voices are so... Keep knocking on that door because your breakthrough, your miracle, your resurrection miracle is coming. Keep the faith. Keep moving forward. Keep declaring. Keep the dream alive. Keep the gospel alive inside of you and your family. Keep believing that God is going to come back for a bride that is healthy and super, super large and, and the church is going to rejoice. Keep believing that next Sunday and next Sunday and next Sunday is going to be an uncontrollable service because the power of God is so thick. And keep believing these things. Don't give up on the brink of your miracle because your miracle is coming amen this world is full of promise and possibility I believe when we pray for people around us God takes that faith and looks to the possibility let's never lose sight that God loves all of humanity not just the church let me say that again because we're talking about the outsiders this month. Never lose sight that God loves them, even that person, even the one that's leading people to the pit of hell, even at the Grammys when they are literally having a, a seance on platform. God loves that man and that woman. And our hearts are turned and you go through the emotions like I did this week. That you want to slap everyone silly, but then pray for them at the same time. And, 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 and you just, your heart breaks and you go through all these emotions. Christian, God loves everybody. He is calling this world to Him. He is calling your next door neighbour, that person who did wrong by you. He is calling everyone to Him. Would you be the mouthpiece? Would you be willing to forgive and share the love of Jesus even though you might be struggling? Thank goodness it's not our love, hey. It's the love of Jesus that we've got to share. Let's just surrender ourselves for a moment. And let's pick up our cross and follow Him and say, God, let your purposes be done. It will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do I know that? Because I've chosen to partner with you and place my faith there in that void. And we're going to see that void come closer and closer to, together until the overlap of heaven and earth are complete. In other words, until Jesus Christ comes again. God wants His people, His church, to be the prayer of possibility, the voice of direction, the pillar that is secure in Jesus, the hope of the world, the example of love that is transforming and the love that binds us all to Jesus, to life and to hope. Amen? A promise and a possibility. Do you receive that today over your life? He's a good guy. Well, I want to give him a shout of praise right now. We thank you for your promise, Lord, and your possibility. We thank you, Lord God. You know, people might be here today and you're, you're just like, man, this guy's on another planet. And you're just, you're not watching a performance. You're, you're amongst the church that is alive and well. You are you're amongst people that have had a revelation, not just of God and who He is, 
but you're amongst people that have the vibrancy of life in their bones. That's this church. That's the church of Christ. And today you might be like, man, I've got to, I have to get on. Something is calling me today to God. Something is calling me to this message. Something is, is, is calling me back to purpose. I always knew that there was good in me. I, 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 I always knew that there was more to me. And this is God calling you to Him today. It's actually the Holy Spirit. And that's why as much as there's a struggle, it's also gentle and loving. As much as you, you might be a little bit scared and, and fearful that, that this might mean a life change for you, you, you'll also feel like, but I can do this. It's because it's the Spirit of God. And the Bible teaches us that the Spirit of God draws people to the Father. He convicts us of our life, so our sin, but He also convicts us of righteousness. In other words, who we could possibly be with Jesus. And so you might be feeling this today. Maybe you've come to church for a long time and this message is just like, man, I, I just, you know, oh, I, I need to step up in my relationship with God. I cannot be that person that he, he says, I didn't know you. Like, God, here I am, like, know me. Like, get to read me, you know, take my press, fill my heart, like, like, just pull me apart, whatever it takes. I need to know you, God. And you might be here like that. What that really is, is it's repentance. And God is here to fill that with love. This is also salvation. And so today, you might be here and you want to give your heart to God. Or what we call a rededication. In other words, you've just been living for yourself and you're just, today's the day I've got to get back. If that's you in either of those categories, I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but what I would love to do is just pray where you are, but I just want to pray from here and um, just know who I'm praying with this morning. So if you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ, would you just lift your hand across this place today? I just want to see your hand. Just be bold, like it's the best decision you'll ever make. It's going to look one more time. Thank you guys for bringing the lights down. Look, I, I don't do this every time, but there's, there is a person here today. And um, can everyone just close their eyes in this place? Just honour this moment. I understand that to lift your hand is a really, really big step. And you don't know really at this point. Is there someone there? Uh, at this point, you don't really know if you're like, Am I signing up to a cult or something? Like, this place is insane. But there's a call to Jesus Christ. You know, I'm not calling you to this church. I'm not, I'm not even calling you to, to anything. I'm, I'm calling you to Jesus Christ. A relationship with Him, the Restorer. I'm just getting one more opportunity. If that's you, why don't you just nicely put your hand up?